welcome to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast, featuring the perspectives and unique insights of the Commonwealth's most dynamic executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders. My name is Rick Moran. I'm the Director of Marketing for the PA Chamber. My name is Adam Frusha. I am the Central Region Member Executive for the Pennsylvania Chamber. Our guest today is Shelley Eckenroth, Senior Vice President, Communications, Branding, and Experience at Select Medical. In today's episode, we talk a lot about Select Medical about their footprint here in Pennsylvania, but also their reach across the country. We talk about their team and their company culture, and we talk about COVID times, really from the beginning up till now, and how Select Medical was uniquely positioned to help. So with no further ado, here's our conversation today with Shelly Eckenroth. Well, good morning, Shelly. How are you today? I'm great, Adam. Thank you uh, for having me. I know we appreciate you taking some time with us here today to talk about Select Medical. Um, I guess to begin, Shelley, what can you tell us about Select Medical and your role with the organization? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll start with, uh, you know, who, who we are as a company. So uh, Select Medical was founded in 1996 by Rocco and Bob Hortensio. Uh, we started out as a regional provider of outpatient therapy. Um, and by 1998, uh, folded in our second line of business, a long-term acute care, uh, which we actually call critical illness uh, recovery. Um, and then following that, uh, we folded in another line of business, inpatient rehabilitation. Um, and then following that, uh, we had a joint subsidiary uh, formed with uh, Concentra, which uh, those guys are in the um, occupational medicine uh, sector. And so we've got four lines of business today. Um, we're a Fortune 500 company, uh, publicly traded in the New York Stock Exchange. Um, recently, uh, both in 2020 and 2021, uh, named a Best Places to Work in Pennsylvania by Forbes. Um, and that's the that, that's the that's a quick version of, of who we are. With regard to, with regard to my role, um, uh, I oversee communications and branding uh, for all of Select Medical, so for all lines of our business. Um, so everything that we're doing from an external and internal uh, communication standpoint with regard to how we uh, communicate, engage with our customers, uh, meaning patients and families, um, our JV partners, uh, the community and so forth. Um, a lot of that work is is coming um, out of my team, obviously, in partnership and collaboration with a whole lot of people across the organization. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, that's uh, we take a lot of pride in with Select Medical is you're headquartered right here in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. We are indeed. And, uh, you know, the Hortensios uh, have uh, lived, grown up and lived in this area um, all their lives. Um, uh, we're proud to be in central Pennsylvania. Uh, there are a lot of um, benefits to that, of course. And, you know, often we get asked why, right? Because we're a nationwide company. Uh, we have uh, 135 specialty hospitals across the country, 1,800 outpatient centers, over 500 um, occupational medicine centers. And we often get asked, you know, why central Pennsylvania? And of course, beyond the fact that the Hortensios have roots here, um, it's just a great location when you think about how close you are to uh, Baltimore to Philly uh, to DC, uh, the ability to attract talent uh, for uh, people to want to work in this area um, is absolute upside uh, from a location standpoint. And, uh, you know, part of that, of course, is the ability for 
families to come here and 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 be able to have a quality of of living, quality of life, uh, good school districts, um, all that kind of good stuff. So it's it's all upside for us, and uh, we have no plans of uh, leaving Central PA um, anytime soon. That's for sure. That is what we want to hear. <laughs> so you know, Shelley, as we any conversation uh, here is going to have to include COVID. And, you know, where it's now we're into over two years of dealing with the pandemic, certainly in select medicals um, line of work, there have been had to have been a lot of challenges uh, with COVID-19, both for a customer standpoint and an employee standpoint. Can you speak a little bit to how select medical has answered those challenges? Yeah, my goodness. Um, we could probably uh, talk all day on this front. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to believe sometimes that, you know, we're two years into into this pandemic. Um, you kind of lose track of time. Um, what, what I can say um, is that, you know, having a frontline view, certainly uh, throughout COVID-19 from a healthcare company perspective um, has just been um, so inspiring and and um, enlightening on so many fronts. So, you know, we stepped into the pandemic, you know, right out of the gates. Um, when you think about uh, critical illness recovery uh, division, and so, you know, traditionally that that um, line of business has always cared for the critically chronically ill, right? So this is a medically complex patient. This is the 2% sickest of the sick um, who come through our hospitals. And, um, you know, we've been liberating patients off of ventilators um, since 1998. So we were equipped uh, for this type of a respiratory-related uh, virus uh, right out of the gates. Uh, we were, you know, called into duty, if, if you will, um, at the outset of this pandemic and have been there at full throttle ever since. Um, some of the examples on that front are, you know, certainly with our partners uh, across the country and a lot of what we do from a post-acute care standpoint is work with short-term acute care hospitals. Those are our partners, our JV partners. Um, and as their hospitals and their ICU started to fill up with COVID patients, of course, and you've seen this on the news and so forth, you know, started to run out of beds. Um, it became very critical very, um, very quickly. And so what we were able to do um, in partnership with them was decompress their ICUs, which essentially meant we were able to move patients when they were stable enough to come to our specialty hospitals um, and then at that point, we would work to um, liberate them from the ventilator, uh, get them moving again, um, and so forth. And then they would continue down our continuum of care into our inpatient rehabilitation hospitals, out through um, our outpatient uh, uh, rehabilitation centers as well. So, uh, like I said, we were helping those short-term acute care hospitals decompress the ICUs. In some cases, uh, we were actually standing up COVID uh, units in less than 24 hours in the really hard hit areas and taking COVID patients um, in, like I said, isolated units. Uh, so we were there, uh, like I said, from the outset. Uh, this is something that, you know, we've been uh, um, helping patients wean off the ventilator for a couple decades. Um, so in many ways, it, it put what we do from a critical illness recovery hospital uh, standpoint front and center. Um, and we've been doing it um, at that pace for the for the past two years. We've cared for over um, 25,000 COVID patients in our specialty hospitals across the country. Um, and then when you think about where they go, like I said, after they are in our critical illness recovery hospitals, often uh, they're going to go to inpatient rehabilitation, right? So we're able to get them off the ventilator, but they still have a long road in front of them with regard to 
uh, rehabbing. Oftentimes they've been in bed and, you know, in, in, in their beds and so forth for, you know, 25, 30 days. And of course, some patients even longer if they spent more time in the, in the, um, in the short-term acute care hospital. They then go to the inpatient rehab um, uh, level of care where they continue to work on their mobility, uh, breathing. A lot of them have to relearn how to eat, how to swallow, how to talk. Um, and that's what we're doing at that level of care. And then the next step for them, you know, for these are the long haulers, right? You're thinking about that long recovery time. They're going to our outpatient um, centers. We did some really innovative things um, across our lines of care as it relates to the pandemic. But certainly I want to call out um, for our outpatient teams. They created a program called Recovery and Reconditioning, specifically designed for the COVID long hauler. Um, and um, just since we stood up that program last year, uh, we've taken almost 4,000 patients uh, through that as well, helping them, again, get back to back, back on their feet and, and back to life. Uh, so um, that's, uh, that's just a snapshot of what we've done from a care perspective. Um, I can also give you a little bit of a snapshot in terms of, you know, how that worked internally. So uh, yesterday we held our 174th COVID huddle call that is led by our chief medical officer and our head of infection control. Um, and so, you know, at the early, um, early onset of the pandemic, we were doing these calls almost daily. And uh, now we're down to twice a week. And that is a call that brings together senior clinical leadership and operational leadership, uh, where we go through where we stand with the pandemic uh, nationally. We get a lot of um, data um, in through the CDC and other resources. We talk about research that's happening. Uh, that's related to the pandemic, best practices, go over new process, protocols, and so forth. So it's an hour huddle that takes place, like I said, led by our chief medical officer um, and brings all the players together to make sure that we're continuing to do um, everything uh, that we can uh, for our patients and their families as they come through our continuum of care. Certainly, you know, as much as the COVID-19 um, pandemic has impacted businesses, the fact that you work in the rehabilitation space, right, with the, the, the kinds of customers that have a lot of, you know, serious health issues that they're already dealing with, I, I think the need to innovate and, and, and adapt has had to have been uh, critical um, to select medical and their success. And you, and you touched on innovation a little bit before. And from working with Select Medical over the years, I, I know, you know, I'm aware of some of the innovative uh, measures your organization has taken. Can you can you speak a little more, maybe maybe some things you're working on, some things coming up in the future that that um, we can expect from Select Medical? Sure, I'll, I'll touch on a, a couple more things. And I'm glad you prompted me on that, um, on the innovation piece again. Um, you know, one of the things that the pandemic did, um, certainly for us, and, you know, I think probably every company across the country is, um, you know, the needs changed, right? The customer needs changed. So for us, our patients, uh, their needs changed. Certainly our employees' uh, needs changed as well. So, you know, tele-rehab uh, became something that, um, you know, moved to the forefront. It was, um, you know, innovation that we had been doing previously, um, but it wasn't necessarily um, front and center. So for outpatient, for example, you know, prior to the pandemic, people came into our centers, right? But as um, states and, and so forth started to do lockdowns and mandates, you know, people wanted an alternative. They wanted to continue their care. We wanted to make sure that they could continue their care. Um, and so we had to stand up a tele-rehab um, service, you know, virtually overnight. 
Um, so that's certainly something that that we stepped into um, quite quickly, and and that will continue to move forward. Um, you know, post pandemic as well. I already talked about the recovering reconditioning program um, that was quite innovative, and then the other piece um, was happened in our critical illness recovery and inpatient rehab hospitals. You know, at some point we had to close family visitation down uh, for the safety of our patients and um, and our staff uh, due to where COVID was in high surge areas and so forth. And that was a, a significant stress um, on really all of those parties. So it was stress for the patient, stress for the family who couldn't see their loved one um, in the hospital. Um, and certainly, you know, that cascades down to staff as well. Um, what we were able to do was we brought in our athletic trainers who at the time um, had downtime, right? Because schools shut down, sports shut down. Um, we brought in our athletic trainers as well as um, some other uh, folks across um, the organization to step in and really run our family care coordination program. So this involved the ability to use things like FaceTime for video chat um, to make sure that our patients could still stay connected to their families and the families to the patients. Um, and so we brought them into our hospitals. Now you have to understand most of these, if not all of these um, individuals may have never stepped a foot into one of our specialty hospitals. It was the first time they were coming in. And, um, you know, the one thing that I can say is this is a roll your sleeves up and get it done organization. Um, and the teamwork was just phenomenal across the board. And uh, so these athletic trainers came in and facilitated uh, that, that coordination with family communication, um, which was a huge win for all. Um, and while they were there, they were able to also assist with uh, some light, other light duties, uh, non-clinical, non um, but certainly um, helping those teams that were so strained in the first place uh, with the patients. So um, you know, I would very much consider that innovative because we were in a situation, like I said, where some of our athletic trainers and so forth, um, you know, didn't have schools to go to, to provide services. I think we're very proud in that, um, you know, all of our employees remained employed uh, during COVID, which, which is huge. Uh, we found different ways to utilize them and to make sure that they could uh, maintain um, active employment. Um, and we're, we're very, very proud of that. Well, that's terrific. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe select medical employees nationwide, is it approximately 50,000 employees? Yeah, a little over uh, 50,000 is, is our workforce. For Pennsylvania specifically, um, we're at about 5,700. Um, so we're one of the larger uh, employees here in the state. Um, as you mentioned earlier, um, and I mentioned earlier as well, you know, Forbes 2020 and 2021, best places to work. I should also mention that for our um, IT team, uh, last year, Computer World named them a uh, best places to work for IT across the country, uh, which is a really nice feather in the cap as well. Uh, it, it's, you know, I think often, you know, when you think about a healthcare system, you certainly think about the front line as you should. But when uh, there's a tremendous amount of people who work on the teams that, that um, you know, keep the lights on, if you will, right? So operationally, and uh, we have a very, very large um, IS team uh, here in central Pennsylvania, I think almost 500 people strong. And when um, they're the ones who are making everything happen from a, you know, from a system standpoint out of our hospitals and uh, for them to get that recognition uh, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable and, and a great acknowledgement of the, of the hard work that they put forth um, every day. I think that's one thing that we talk a lot about inside of Select is that 
you know, you might not be out on the front line in our hospitals or centers and clinics providing the care, um, but people here feel like they have a purpose because uh, no matter what you're doing across the company, uh, you actually have a hand ultimately in how that patient care is delivered. And, you know, one of our, what we call our key results, something that we all march toward is um, our ability to deliver an exceptional patient experience. Um, and we all have a hand in that and we're all accountable for that every single day. That, that's incredible. Um, I, I think everything you've just said, what blows my mind the most about Select Medical hearing you talk, and I would never have guessed that you guys were a Fortune 500 company with 50,000 employees. And I, this is going to be my marketing hat on right now. Um, you have such a community feel. Like when I think Select Medical, I think I think of the ones here where we're located in central Pennsylvania. I think, um, I don't think of you as a, as a big brand. You guys have sort of positioned yourselves in a way to really feel like you're part of the community. You're the community um, rehab center if we need somewhere to go. And I don't know if that is that is that intentional? Is that what you're shooting for? Because you guys have such a you have such a large footprint, um, yet you you really do have the back of obviously you have the back of your workers, as you just mentioned, but you, you, you have the back of the community as well. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for that that high compliment. That's that's really nice to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, largest post acute care provider in the country. Um, yet, you know, like you said, we, we have that community feel. I, I really attribute that to our culture. Um, and that is something that uh, we work on every day. It also harkens back to the principles and values of, of um, Rocco and Bob Hortensio, who, who started uh, the company. Uh, the values are so deep and so real um, that you know, it, it's hard to, to not live them every day. And it, we're expected to live them every day, but you want to, right? Um, so we have a, you know, what I would consider a hardwired, in a good way, culture at Select Medical. And we call it the Select Medical way. And there's an entire, you know, framework that, that drives that culture. And, um, and it's not just words on a poster. It's something that we, that we live, um, eat, and breathe every day. It was also very much our, our beacon um, throughout the pandemic. Um, there's an expectation with regard to how we engage with one another, how we engage with our partners, our patients, their families. It's a very high expectation um, that, again, we, we all live by, we're expected to live by, but again, you, you want to, right? And, you know, I've, I've worked in my share of companies over the course of my career and and I can talk about culture all day because it is so different and authentic uh, here at Select Medical. And um, I believe it's, it's truly the glue of, of why we've been able to do what we do, um, why we're able to innovate, why we're able to adapt, our ability to be resilient, um, the ability to collaborate and, um, and, and work together as a team. And it's easy to do when times are good. But when the chips are down, like we, the chips have been down over the past few years of the pandemic, I think your culture will really determine how you get through those hard times. And without question, um, we have come out and we're still in it, right? But there's no question that we're better and we're stronger um, and we very much prevailed. And uh, it's, it's, it's really about those original values and, and the culture that we live every day. Yeah, I think I think you're just hitting on that heritage values culture, um, and 
I think the thing that you're harping on most is your patient experience. So you're living that authentically. And I think by doing so, the rest, the rest just kind of falls in line. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the other um, um, of our key results is to deliver an exceptional employee experience, right? Because the employee piece is, is so, so important. And our president and CEO, David Cherno, often talks about that, that you need to deliver an exceptional employee experience in order to deliver an exceptional patient experience, that they're interconnected. There's no way that you can break them apart. So, you know, at any given time, we are putting equal energy and focus against both of those. Um, you know, we uh, want to make sure that our employees feel valued and are listened to every day. Um, and again, that goes back to our culture um, and, uh, and, and something that, that we work on and nurture, um, like I said, every day. So Shelly, we've talked a lot about, you know, Select Medical's national presence, but um, again, highlighting the fact that the organization is headquartered in Mechanicsburg, uh, Pennsylvania. What can you tell us a little bit more specifically about uh, Select Medical's operations in Pennsylvania? Sure. Well, um, in addition to our corporate operations, which, um, you know, sit in Mechanicsburg, uh, we also uh, a couple years ago expanded our campus to uh, Camp Hill as well. So we have a, a second uh, second campus there and a third out in the Pittsburgh area. But from a care perspective, our full continuum is represented uh, here in, in Pennsylvania. So um, for critical illness recovery, for example, we've got 10 of our select specialty hospitals uh, here, uh, Camp Hill, Harrisburg, York, Erie, Johnstown, a handful out in the Pittsburgh area as well. Uh, for outpatient physical therapy, uh, it's uh, under the brand of Select Physical Therapy. By the way, we've got almost 30 brands of our outpatient uh, centers, but Select Physical Therapy is the big one here, as well as Novacare in the Philly area. A total of 242 centers um, in Pennsylvania where you're able to go out and get physical therapy. And then inpatient uh, rehabilitation hospitals, uh, we've got two. Uh, Helen M. Simpson here in the Harrisburg area, and then our JV partnership with Penn State Health for Penn State Health Rehabilitation Hospital over in the Hershey Hummelstown area. So again, full continuum of care uh, right here in, in Pennsylvania, as well as all of our, our uh, corporate headquarters as it relates to all the shared services that support our entire nationwide uh, network of, of care. Well, that's terrific. Uh... Select Medical is certainly an important employer here in the state, and the services that you provide are, are equally uh, important, if not more. Shelly, we really appreciate your time here uh, with us this morning. Uh, the Pennsylvania Chamber is proud to partner with Select Medical. Uh, we salute uh, the work your uh, company is doing, uh, both from a, a care perspective and, and just from, uh, you know, as an important, you know, business entity here in the state. Um, well, I really appreciate this time today to, to talk about uh, the company and, and certainly how we've answered the call throughout the, the pandemic. And uh, thank you for the work that you do at the PA Chamber. It's so important uh, to us um, as well as other uh, businesses in the state. So thank you for what you do as well. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you for listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. With almost 10,000 member organizations, the Pennsylvania Chamber advocates for job creation and greater prosperity across the Commonwealth. Visit our website at pachamber.org to learn more about us, our members, and how to become part of the statewide voice of business. We'll see you next time. This program is produced by the Pennsylvania Chamber in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, USA.